0: to keys of the kingdom. We got in to this connection just within seconds of the music <laughs> ending in a technical difficulty, so we don't have the call in right now, but we made by the break. Um, anyway, we're talking today about this quote in the Bible where Jesus says, Occupy till I come and we went back to the beginning of that a little bit and found that a tax collector, a publican, as a matter of fact, not just any old tax collector, but chief amongst the tax collectors, a little guy, uh, who was very rich, uh, which is usually the case, uh, that he was very rich uh, because a lot of times at that particular time in history, the guys who collected the money to support the government got those positions because they actually purchased, purchased them. Uh, they were purchasing the seats on the left side of government, where you w- because it was lucrative. There was a lot of money to be had because it was a commission, a clip, a commission. This had been in the Old Testament for you got to take a portion of that, and it comes back from the days that the Levites got to eat from the altar. You see, government had gone to a tremendous metamorphosis, and we see that in the Bible. They had a government under Moses where uh they had uh, charge of these corps by picking the Levite minister of their choice and then gathering together in congregations of tens, and then those tens gathered, and that made hundreds, and then the hundreds gathered, and that made thousands, but it was through this network of ministers that they ran the government. The most interesting and unique thing about that tens, hundreds, and thousands, because that's The same kind of government that was going on in England, you know, a thousand years ago, and they called it the ten hundreds and thousands. (laughs) And uh, actually, it was the same kind of government you could find in Germany and in what became France, which was Gaul and all that. That they had this system of government where ten families gathered together and picked a minister, and then that guy got together the ten other ministers and picked a minister. And that was a form of government. What, but what was really unique about it because? you know, the um the older men, which is what they called it in the old English, which you had the tithing man, that was the ten, the minister of ten, and then you had the hundredsman, uh or hundredsin if you were in Germany. And then you had this other man who was minister of ten hundredsmen. And uh he was called an a alderman, and that's where we get the term elder today in government. And so the, we have a, the same history. If we go back, that's where we came from. But Israel had been that form of government for a long time, you know, hundreds of years before Christ, centuries before Christ. And that's how they organized into this tens, they actually used the word tens, fifties, hundreds, and thousands kind of idea, but it was the same basic idea of this networking government. But the, again, the unique thing about that government was not just a numerical gathering together networking kind of system, but that the taxes you paid to that government were voluntary. You know, they people say, oh, no, you had to pay the tithe. Oh, well, where do we see anybody getting their door kicked in because they didn't pay the tithe? Why do they say in some places you type to them according to their service? Uh, because the power of the state was in the hands of the people. This was an actual free government. The people moved away from that, and they were told what would happen when they move away, when they elect a central authority to compel everybody to make sure that nobody gets away with not contributing because this is what's going to happen. It's going to take and take and take and take and take. Because men who seek power will seek office instead of men who seek service. Oh, there are men who would seek service still in that system, otherwise it completely collapsed. But there is a movement towards this power structure, and this is going to tempt men who want more power, and power means wealth and control, and, and they just love power. You know that it's not enough for them to make enough money to live on, they've they always got to make more because it's that's power. you know they, they can't get enough of it. And so whatever they do is meant to secure or increase their power. And the, the interesting thing about that is those systems are born out of the desire of people to have power over others. And that's that's where these systems come out of. When you have that desire to have power over others, to have power over their stuff, to have power over their family, this is what you end up with. So anyway, we read the uh, quote, Occupy Till I Come, which is in this parable about the men who get uh, these talents. Uh, One got ten, one got five, one got one. And the ten... And the five guys, they invested them and made more. They planted the seeds of those talents, and they got more back. They did well with what they were given. And you're given talents, and what are you doing with them? Are you using them? Are you using them wisely? Are you using them to the benefit of the kingdom? Because he was talking about a kingdom giving, you know, a king giving these out to his servants. Okay, now, in the fact that he used ten, you know, and five, and then he got in charge over five cities because he did well with the five talents he was given. And he's, again, he's talking about the way in which we govern ourselves. But the one who didn't do anything, who just believed that the Lord was the Lord, but didn't do anything with what he was given the talents he was given. He just believed. What he had was taken away. (laughs) That's an amazing idea. Do you realize that if you're not a doer of the word, and of course, what was the word? Do not forsake the gathering together, love one another, take care of one another. Pray to God for your daily bread. Don't pray to men who call themselves benefactors who exercise authority one over the other. Have nothing to do with that. Not the way it is to be with you if you're a Christian. But unfortunately there are millions upon millions of Christians, that's exactly the way it is with them, and that's where they get their daily bread from their fathers of the earth. So in this Luke nineteen, verse twenty seven it says, But those mine enemies which would not that I should reign over them bring hither and slay them before me. Wow. That's amazing. So, who reigns over you? Who has exercising authority over you? Now, if that's happened, and you've been praying to the benefactors who exercise authority, if you've been coveting your neighbor's goods, you need to repent. That means you're going to have to stop getting benefits from somebody who exercises authority, like Zacchaeus could do. You need to turn around. Now, God's not going to condemn you because of what you've done in the past if you turn around. But if you don't forgive, either will you be forgiven. In other words, you now you've entered into a system where you have the right to compel your neighbor to contribute to your welfare. Now what should have been for your welfare has become a snare. Now you're going to have to create a society by gathering together, and this is what the church is supposed to be doing to maintain that entrance to the kingdom. You need to be living by faith, open charity. Stop living by the sword. Stop praying to the foolish leaders of the world who told you it's okay to covet your neighbor's gifts because it's not. And God's very serious about it. I mean that's a that's a pretty serious parable to get down to the point where he's talking about slaying them. And when and he already took away a guy who didn't do anything. And now they're talking about slaying thy enemy. In verse twenty eight, I say, and when he had thus spoken, he went before him up to Jerusalem. And it came to pass when he was come nigh to Bethage and Bethany at the mount called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go ye into the village over against you, and in the which at your entering ye shall find a colt tied whereon, yet never man sat, loose him, and bring him thither. And if any man ask you, Why do you lose him? Thus shall ye say unto him, Because the Lord hath need of him. And they that were sent went their way, and found even as he said unto them. And as they were losing the colt, the owner thereof said unto them, Why loose ye the colt? Now, this is is an important thing. They're going into a lot of detail about this whole entry into Jerusalem. And they said, the Lord had need of him, and they brought him to Jesus, and they cast their garments upon the colt, and they uh, sat Jesus thereon. And as he went, they spread their clothes on the way, and when he was come nigh, even now at the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed be the King that cometh in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. This was his triumphal march into Jerusalem where he was hailed as king and began to do the job of king. But, of course, most of the people ended up rejecting him. They wanted their kings to exercise authority. They wanted their guaranteed benefits. They did not want to live by faith, hope, and charity. They wanted to pretend that their religion was righteous and that their system of Corbin was okay, but it's not. Over and over again in the Bible, it's not. It's going to fail. It's going to leave you in a bad way, very bad way. You need to repent and start putting together that system of God by gathering together with others, seeking righteousness, taking care of one another by faith, hope, and charity, and the perfect law of liberty, even though you have no guaranteed benefit from that. If you're not casting your bread upon the waters, contributing to such a network of people seeking the righteousness of God, and not just giving to everybody who has a need, but giving in righteousness, if you're not doing that, then you haven't repented yet, and you're going to be counted amongst the guy who did nothing with what he was given. So anyway, in Ezekiel 33, verse 30, Also thou son of man, the children of thy people still are talking against thee by the walls and in the doors of the houses, and speak one to another, every one to his brother, saying, Come, I pray you, and hear what is the word that cometh forth from the Lord. And they came unto thee as the people it, and they sat, or sit before thee, as my people, and they hear thy words, but they will not do them, for with their mouth they show much love, but their hearts goeth after their covetousness. You see, Everywhere in the world it has become so common, to desire benefits at the expense of your neighbor, that socialism now reigns in the minds of the majority of the voters of the world. And they drag you down to a pit of bondage, of debt, of collapsing economies. All this took place at the time of Christ in the early church. But they were doing something different. They were seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness. goes on to say, And lo, thou art unto them as a very lovely song of one that hath a pleasant voice and can play well on an instrument. For they hear thy words, but they do them not. Why? Because they don't know the song of Moses and the song of the Lamb. And we're going to talk about that, what that is. Can you learn that song? Can you sing that song? Because the world is full of people who sing praises to God, but they are still going after their covetousness. They're still desiring the benefits of unrighteousness. And when this cometh to pass, lo, it will come, then shall they know that a prophet hath come amongst them. If you go back down to Revelations 14, and I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous seven angels having the seven lost plagues. For in them is filled up the wrath of God. Now, the wrath of God, that's a very interesting phrase. What is the wrath of God? Well, you're going to find out soon enough. And I saw, as it were, a sea of glass mingled with fire. And them that had gotten the victory over the beast, gotten a victory over the beast. And over his image, two different things. There's the beast and the image of the beast. And we've talked before about the difference between the two, and maybe we'll go back to that. But, and over his mark, they have gotten the victory over his mark. Wow. And over the number of his name, stand on a sea of glass, having the hearts of God. The hearts of God. Wow, what's that? And they sing a song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty, just and true are thy ways, thou King of the saints. Now, you can sing that, but are you in harmony with Moses? Are you in harmony with Christ, the Lamb? Are you living by faith, hope, and charity, or are you still praying for those covetous benefits that force the contributions of your neighbor? They are forced by those men who call themselves benefactors, but they exercise authority. Very simple, direct statements by Christ, and they are absolutely ignored in your modern churches, and you wonder why you're having trouble in your world today. What country is not facing economic ruin? What country is not facing an economic crisis? Which of those countries facing those economic crises are living by faith, hope, and charity, not praying to the men who call themselves benefactors but exercise authority for their daily bread, for their benefits? They did not listen to Proverbs. When they sat and ate with a the king, they ate heartily. said, oh, we want these benefits. We want these free education. We want all these benefits. We don't care who has to pay for them. When we had Colin Gunn on. I actually just heard that recording uh, again recently because Colin Gunn wants to be on again. I talked to his publisher the other day. Another man. Evidently, we're going to be having on this guest Because we got along so good, I guess. The guy was so much, so close to the kingdom in, in his thinking. Wasn't just homeschooling. Wasn't just in opposition to sending your children to public school. He'd come to a lot of realizations about liberty under God. And hopefully he'll come to more. And he keeps coming on our program, he's going to hear them. <laughs> the thing is, it's not enough to hear. You have to become a doer.
1: You have to become
0: occupied in the kingdom, in the ways of the kingdom. That means you have to gather together. It's a matter of record. I'm just saying, oh, I did a good deed today. I came across somebody who needed help. I helped them. I was on TV. No, you have to actually actively... You know, if you're a shepherd, you don't just say, oh, well, there's sheep around here somewhere. i got to go check one of these days. But first, you know, what's on TV? you got to put the mission first. You have to be diligent first. Because it's lawful. We know where they are. Only the diligent in seeking righteousness are going to be counted amongst the good shepherds. And most of your ministers out there who think they're Christian are so far from the kingdom. It's just, it's just mind-boggling. You, you would think there was no hope. So anyway, in this Revelation's fourteen one, we read that there was these signs in heaven, and there's this song of Moses in verse three, and the song of the Lamb, and they overcome the beast and the image of the beast. What was the difference between the beast and the image of the beast? Did you figure that out yet? And what are these harps of God? Did you figure that out yet? Everybody wants to know about all the answers in Revelation. You know, let's talk about Revelation. Why? Because they want an edge. They want to know what's coming. I figure that if I know what Revelations, I can get ready for it. You want to get ready? No God. If he's going to tell you what you need to do, not just generalities. He'll tell you what do you need to do today, in the moment. I'm just talking about principles and precepts. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name, for thou only art holy? For all nations shall come and worship before thee, for thy judgments are made manifest. And I remember that word, worship, bow down. They're going to bow down. They're not all going to be pleased about it, (laughs) but they're going to bow. But what you're supposed to be doing is seeking that kingdom, seeking to make him Lord in your life and ruling in your life. And I know there's a lot of kingdom in many people, but there's nobody talking about it in the way that Christ talked about it, in the way that Christ told us to talk about it. Down in verse 5, it says, And after that I looked, and behold, the temple of the tabernacle of the testimony in heaven was open. Now, that's just chock full of symbolism. Again, that's one of the things about Revelation. It's always full of all these symbols. And if you don't understand, what's the tabernacle? Aren't you the tabernacle? But he didn't say the tabernacle, he said the temple of the tabernacle. Now, what's the temple of the tabernacle? It's made out of lots of stones put together in an orderly fashion to build this temple. But aren't we supposed to be living temple, living altars, living tabernacle, living stones, living stones, lively stones? That's what they're talking about. You're the temple when you come together. Each of you is a tabernacle each of your families, the congregations of the tabernacle who build the temple with themselves join together, not because we hewed you to fit together, we made you fit together, we made you march in a straight line, that you fit together because you have chosen to come together and do not forsake the gathering together. That's what you're going to need to do, and we're going to show you how to do that when we return the keys of the kingdom and the ways of Christ. Until then, you're going to have to start thinking the new ideas and concepts.
2: I pledge allegiance to the King of kings and to his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, one holy nation under the Heavenly Father, with grace, mercy, and justice for all.
3: The program you are listening to is 100% sponsored by you, the listener, on this First Amendment Rights Media channel. You will notice that there are few commercials on this radio network. There's a good reason for that. Corporate advertising dollars come with strings that limit program content. So without your help, these programs cannot continue on Internet or our several affiliates. If you benefit by the educational law programs, we ask you to give. If you are admonished or nurtured by the Bible and ministry programs, we ask you to give. If some voice a cause that you are passionate about, we ask you to give. If you believe in any of these, we ask you to support them as you would a missionary on a continual basis, as if giving a tithe for Missionary Radio. These programs are not commercially viable and must be supported by those faithful to the cause of truth. Look for the button to sponsor your favorite programs at our listen and schedule pages on the Internet then, when you subscribe, we will send you the last quarterly MP3 CD of that program immediately, and continue to do so with each new quarter. We will also give you unlimited archive access to all of our programs. We're asking you to give much less than a tithe, so that you may also send support directly to a particular program host, cause, and anywhere else the Spirit may lead you do all to the glory of our God and creator for his holy nation, the only kingdom that will last forever. Thank you for listening.
1: Hi, Nicholas here. I used to lug those big jugs to the market to fill with water from those coin-operated filter machines. 25 cents a gallon or 5 gallons for a buck? I used to. Then I got the big Berkey. Now i save saved my back and hundreds of dollars, too. I was paying $600 for the same 3,000 gallons of water that a pair of black Berkey filters will provide from my own tap for only $99. This means that your Berkey water system will entirely pay for itself with only 1,500 gallons of and then you will still have 1,500 gallons left before you need to replace the filters. Do the math. Stop throwing your money away on bottled water and filter dispensers that may or may not be delivering as promised. For a limited time, First Amendment Radio is offering 10% off on the most popular Berkey water systems. Visit the shopping page at firstamendmentradio.com or call us at authorized distributor of Berkey products.
0: Welcome back to Keys of the Kingdom. We're talking about occupying until he comes. Occupy doing what? Occupying doing his will. I mean, occupy, as we said, is a practical, pragmatic word in the Greek text. It's talking about doing, dealing with the business of the kingdom. Because the king had told. Them to go and occupy, get this done, and Christ told us to do, be doers of the word, not hearers only. The doers of what? Are we in harmony with what Christ said? Are we learning the song of Moses, where he set up a government operated entirely by free will offerings, over and over again? Look at that, free will, free will, free will. Even where it doesn't say free will, it's often the same word. They just didn't put the free will because it is so redundant. Entire nation, supported by free will offerings, able to muster an army overnight to protect them from foreign invasion, protect them from disasters and devastation. Even in the Old Testament, they looked out amongst themselves and they picked seven. It says that right there in the text. What, What are they doing? Why do we all of a sudden see first century church right away looking out amongst themselves and picking seven? Men they trust. To do what? The same thing those men of seven were doing back in the Old Testament. So that they would be able to handle any calamity that came their way. Do you know if there's any calamities coming your way? There's volcanoes going off here on the west coast of the Americas just the other day. There the earthquake right off the coast of California just the other day. Those are all possibilities. I mean, the Madrid Fault's been shaken. There's, there's always a possibility uh, out in the Azores. There's been some movement going on there. There's an island there. That they say that splits off. There'd be a wall of water coming across Florida, 60 feet high, hitting the shores of Miami. If it falls off all at once. That may not happen, but it's always a possibility. But say all those calamities don't happen, maybe there'll be something else. Maybe an avalanche or a tidal wave of economic unrest. We've had some. Millions of people have lost their homes. If you were living in the kingdom and thinking the kingdom and this nation and other nations, that would not have happened. That would not have happened. You would have been spared all that. And so we ended up talking about Revelations. And we're reading down in that that, uh, chapter 14, verse 6. And seven angels came out of the temple, having seven plagues, clothed in pure white linen, having their breasts girded with golden girdles. So what does all that mean? Well, I'm not telling you. I don't know. I don't know who's listening. And some things are given to know. Some things are not. Some things are campfire talk. Some things are not. And Christ was very selective about who he told what to. we should be selective too. But we should be diligent in doing what we can clearly see him saying for us to do. Don't try to figure out the cryptic until you've figured out the righteous ways of God because you won't figure it out. You'll have it all mixed up sooner or later. I mean, it's not even a matter of luck. It's just a guarantee. In Psalms 141, Verse 1 says, uh, a psalm of David, Blessed be the Lord, my strength, which teacheth my hands to war and my fingers to fight. So, Like some kind of kung fu expert or something. My goodness and my fortress, my high tower, my deliverer, my shield, and he is whom I trust, who subdueth my people under me. Lord, what is man that thou takest knowledge of him, or the son of man that thou makest account of him? Man is like to vanity. His days are as shadows that passeth away. Bow thy heavens, O Lord, and come down. Touch the mountains, and they shall smoke. Cast forth lightning and scatter them. Shoot out thine arrows and destroy them. Send thy hands uh, from above. Rid me and deliver me out of the waters from the hand of strange children, whose mouth speaketh vanity, and their right hand is a right hand of falsehoods. Now, David was king, but he was a king after God's own heart. What was the difference between David and Solomon? Now, David tried to count the people, set up a draft system to support his military. Uh, he might have even started to force offerings like Saul. When Paul, Saul forced an offering, he was told his king would not stand, and that's when David was going to end up taking over. But when you listen to Rehoboam, who says, I shall whip you with scorpions, he says also, my father, Solomon, had whipped you with whips. He didn't say David whipped you with whips. David is talking here about the Lord coming down and and um, being the deliverer and subduing my people under me. David didn't subdue the people. David wasn't whipping the people. Christ wasn't whipping the people. He wasn't going to force the people to do what is right. Moses didn't start. I mean, when he used his staff, that's why he wasn't allowed into the promised land. He could not force the kind of live by the perfect law of liberty. David, later quoted by Paul, talks about what should have been for your welfare becoming a snare. eating at this table. And then if we read in Proverbs again... If you sit and eat with that ruler, he's you're going to devour his dainty, which people have done, and that's why they've become human resources, because they were literally devouring their neighbors, because he wasn't giving you anything except what he took away from your neighbor. What's he saying? He says, put a knife to your throat, because those dainties, those benefits, are deceitful. They aren't righteous. They aren't the ways of God. And your nations are doing this more and more and more and more because the people want it. And you've entered into a democracy, a common purse of rights, where now 51% of the people can take away the rights of the other 49. And there's nothing I can do about the fact that you've decided to go that way, but I'm going to preach the ways of Christ which you can start working on. I mean, you, you know, if you're going to jump ship, better start putting together a life raft. Because it's a long way to store. And that's what you need to start doing. And the way to do that is to not forsake the to gathering together. You know, when it, we're reading in that Ezekiel Or, no, in the Proverbs, Psalms, (laughs) Psalms 149. Um, You read down, it says, Man is like to vanity. His days are as a shadow that passeth away. Bow thy heavens, O Lord. Come down, touch the mountains. People are usually considered mountains in prophecy. It's the hearts of the people that must be touched. The ministers of God, they're like the dry bones out there in the desert that need to come together. Most of the men posing as ministers of God are really not ministers of God, and the spirit of God is not pleasing into them. And they cannot even hear the gospel. They sing another song. They sing a song that sounds really good, which is what we were talking about earlier, that, you know, and they're good on these instruments and they play this music, and you see this more and more in church where they're playing these music and they're getting, you know, more excited music and, you know, more inspired music and it sounds good, but are they in harmony with Moses? Are they in harmony with the Lamb? Are they living by faith, hope, and charity, or are they still praying to those benefactors who exercise authority one over the other? Are they still speaking vanity? On the needs of society, is that still taken care of by the right hand? That's what's going on. Right hand not supposed to know what the left hand is doing. right hand of government, you know, can I sit on your right hand? Can I sit on your left hand, they, they were saying. Left hand, alms, right hand, the swords. You don't collect the alms with the sword. That's living by the sword. And and we have steadily got more and more that way. If you read the uh, speech uh, given by Davy Crockett in Congress concerning his uh, career in Congress, pointing out the fact that, hey, we're government's not supposed to be in the charity business that's basically what he come down to say and and the people of his community were going to vote him out because he actually voted to help out some fire victims in Washington you know there was this terrible fire and it burned up whole neighborhoods and people lost everything and they voted in Congress to support those people with the money in the treasury and his constituents back home said, no, well, I'm not going to vote for you anymore if you're going to do that. And he realized that was wrong. People are supposed to take care of the needy of their society through faith, hope, and charity, and that is pure religion, unspotted by the right-hand side of government. shouldn't even have a right-hand side that's centralized and controlled and under a a king-type commander-in-chief who can exercise authority and force the contributions of the people. You're not, you know, to maintain even armies. When Saul forced the contribution to maintain his army, he was called foolish. That is in opposition to the ways of God. And you can do it. And you may have to do it now because you've signed agreements and you've become, I mean, you force people to pay for your education, you might as well force them to pay for your military, which includes your police, because that police is the military to catch local criminals. And that's the way you've gone. And it's just not the way that Christ said to go. It's the way of Rehoboam. It's the way of Nimrod It's the way of Cain. It's the way of Lamech. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not condemning you for it. It is what it is. I I don't have the power to continue anyway. I'm here to tell you to repent. Go around. Let's go the other way. It took a long time to get you where you're at. You don't have that much time left. You have to turn around and start going back now. And if you go back in earnest and start gathering together, contributing to your local congregations that are actually congregating to do the work of government, God's government, taking care of the needy of your society by faith, open and charity, God will run out and meet you halfway because you will be the prodigal son who went away and followed after vanities, and now you're going to turn around and repent of your covetousness and start playing the song of Moses and the song of the Lamb. That song that says, I will sing a new song unto thee, O God, upon the psaltery and an instrument of ten strings will I sing praise unto thee. Gather together in ten families. Do that. Take care of one another's needs. Start sacrificing. Don't don't pull down $60,000 a year and contribute 15 bucks. Zacchaeus contributed half of everything he earned. And Jesus recognized him and said, Zacchaeus, come down, let's go eat at your house. Because Zacchaeus was a pretty good guy. God was going to ask him more. What more can I do to enter into the kingdom of heaven? <laughs> well, he was already a righteous man. These are the same stories, just different places. Same principle, repeats over and over again. And he thought, oh, wow. that was just to become a minister of Christ, he had to give up everything. Christ did. He was rich and he made himself poor to be a minister of God's kingdom and to teach other men how to do that in the Eucharist of Christ. You had to. Li- you have to live by that Eucharist of Christ, that free will giving. That is the Eucharist of Christ. Being happy to give. Well, you just throw your money out the window? No, no you have to form a body of people bound by that same love that brings you to a willingness to give and forgive. It is He that giveth salvation unto the kings, who delivereth David his servant from the hurtful sword. And you know there is a sword coming. There are hard times coming. There are economic difficulties coming. And it says, "Rid me and deliver me from the hand of the hand of strange." children, whose mouth speaketh vanity, and their right hand is a right hand of falsehood. That our sons may be as plants grown up in their youth, that our daughters may be as cornerstones polished after the similitude of a palace. You know, the youth growing up in society today have I cannot say that they are polished. I cannot say your sons are cornerstones. They are Canaanites. They have become traffickers in their neighbour. They 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 compel their neighbor. In verse thirteen it says that our garners may be full. Affording all manner of store that our sheep may bring forth thousands and tens, or ten thousand in our streets; that our oxen may bring uh, be strong and, and to labor; that there be no breaking in nor going out; that there be no complaining in our streets. Happy is that people that is. In such a case, yea, happy is that people whose God, God is the Lord. See, God is not your Lord. He does not give you your daily bread. He doesn't even pay for your education. You do that by compelling your neighbors. You know, this is why you know. Colin Gunn on his own figured out. Hey, I don't want to do that. He has lots of different reasons. Some reasons may have more important than others, but the fact is is he realizes that, and he went on to say the same thing that we said, and he says it differently because he has a Scottish accent. <laughs> he says it differently because he has a little bit different background, but we can say the same thing over and over again. But it's not enough to say it. You have to do it, and he's doing it. In Psalms one it says a psalm of Asad. God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judges amongst the gods. The congregations of the mighty, the gods, the gods many that Paul talks about, the gods who exercise authority one over the other, who the people bowed down and worship for their daily bread and prayed to for their daily bread. Yeah, those gods. You see, God is working even in those places. But you need to bring the Holy Spirit into those places by being righteous. Do you think that we will not be dragged before the magistrates, these gods, many? But we're to bring judgment to those places. We can't do that unless we're seeking righteousness. We can't do that unless we're complying with Christ and doing the will of the Father. And we're not doing that. We're believing in ideas. We're not becoming doers of the word. Some are, but more need to repent and turn around and go the other way. How long will ye judge unjustly and accept the person of the wicked? The persons, the offices of the wicked, the wicked servants who do not forgive debt and force your neighbors to pay for your welfare, and where you are snared in the same system of that, that's the wicked. The per- you, How long will ye judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked, the offices of the wicked? Defend the poor and the followers, do justice to the afflicted and the needy. That's describing that pure religion they talk about in James, unspotted from the world, unspotted from accepting the persons of the wicked who compel the offerings of the people because they exercise authority one over the other. Deliver the poor and the needy, rid them out of the hands of the wicked. In other words, if you don't gather together and start taking care of one another, they're going to be people when in need are going to be turned over to the wicked. They're going to have to go to them and apply to them for the benefits, for the daily bread. Because you aren't doing it. And if you aren't doing it, you're going to be dragged into that same system. It's not about ID. It's not about what you write down. It's about what you do. It's not about lip service. It's about actually being in service. If you cannot gather together and take care of the needy in your own little congregation so that they don't have to pray to the benefactors who exercise authority, if you can't do that, then you're not a doer of the word. I I know it's gonna take some time to learn how to do that. And it's gonna take some serious sacrifice because you're in debt so much to the world. And they got you scrambling constantly in order to just to keep your head above water. But you need to do that if you're going to have the buoyancy of God in this sea of wickedness. You're going to have to gather together and become occupied. With the ways of God. So how many are in your congregation? Oh, just me. Just one. I didn't want to take a chance to give away anything that I had so that we would end up with a congregation of ten. Because I didn't want to lose what I had. I wanted to keep what I had. I didn't want to risk it. I didn't want to cast my bread upon the water. Because, you know, it might not come back. You see the problem? People are balking at being the congregation of God. They are still, and as long as they do that, they will still have to go to the wicked servant and beat those who don't pay enough. And you shouldn't be free because you're not being diligent. Remember that the, the slothful should be under tribute. Only the diligent should bear rule. Boy, that's a bit difficult deal. So it's Psalms 82. How long will you judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? Can you sing the Song of Moses? Defend the poor and the fatherless, do justice to the afflicted and the needy, deliver the poor and the needy. Rid them out of the hands of the wicked. That is the purpose of your congregations of record. But you have to learn that first. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. You want to get back on course? You want to get back in the way? Start gathering together. We'll show you how the first century church did it, we show you how it's used to do today. And when we return, we'll tell you more about the secrets of the kingdom of God.
2: You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net.
3: If you'd like to get a copy of this program, you may subscribe at libertyradiolive.com for only $45 a month. And you'll receive an MP3 CD weekly of all the First Amendment Rights Media Group programs. As a bonus, we'll send you a password for our audio archives online. That's a $15 value. Or you can request any month of any program on one MP3 CD for a minimum donation of only $20. Or any single program on tape, MP3 CD, or CD for only $15. You can do all this online at LibertyRadioLive.com. Just follow the instructions to make a donation or subscribe. Don't do Internet? Then call 559-781-3773, 559-781-3773, and we'll be honored to help you. Thank you from all of us here at the First Amendment Rights Media Group. Fight the fight. We are here to equip you because you love the truth. LibertyRadioLive.com.
0: talking about being occupied, occupied in what? Occupy Wall Street? <laughs> you can read that article on newsaviews.com about occupying the Wall Street, uh, occupying the dialectic. Uh, that, you know, I'm sure there's some good people and all that. Uh, there's some people that have tracts of the kingdom and all that, but there's an awful lot I see in that that is just contrary to good sense and wisdom. And, righteousness and you know it's not going to go anywhere you need to be occupied i think of all the time and energy people are spending with that trying to set up some way where they, they coerce wall street into doing the right thing lots of luck with that the wall street is run by greed Greed men aren't going to suddenly do the right thing because you're camped outside uh, you're, you're spinning your wheels in the wrong direction. You need to take your energies and start putting them into very simple things, gathering together in, first in that tens. Get those tens that are actually doing what Christ said to do and what Paul said to do, what Moses said to do, what Abraham was doing. Was all, that's all Old Testament. But Jesus is saying, hey, this is the son of Abraham here. This tax collector is a son of Abraham. Why do you say that? Because he gives half of everything that he earns, that he has, to take care of what? The needy of society. He personally does that. He does that. Do you do that? No. Could you do that? Yeah, most of you could. You might have to lower your standard of living a little bit. But you could do that. But do you just give send it away to the United Way or to uh, uh, some other charitable group? Why don't you just send it to the government? Yeah, you know, it's getting half away. That's all there is to it. No, you have to give it away and strengthen the poor. Well, how do you do that? Well, that's why the choice is given to you on how to give... To your local community, because that may vary. There's no set fast rule how you do that, but you need to be giving, because that's the Eucharist of Christ. Christ came to serve, to give. But you need together with the same purpose. Well, why should I form a congregation or what do I get out of it? Well, nothing. Gee, you're not going to get anything out of it. You ask the wrong question. You don't come. So, you get something, you come so that you can give something. <laughs> and give it wisely. To strengthen the poor. To really be of assistance to the needy. And so, you have to have the power of choice of how you give, and to whom you give, and to when you give. And that's called liberty. If you don't have that, you're not at liberty. You don't know liberty. And we were reading from that Psalms 82, talking about you know trusting the persons of the wicked, the wicked servants, trusting in those to provide you with the benefits you need. How long will you do that? No, you need to start defending the poor and the unjust uh, and, and, and the uh, the abuse the fatherless you need to stop judging unjustly and that's what we see going on every day in governments all over the world there's another way and it requires some time and energy and effort. In verse 6 of that Psalms 82, it says, I have said, ye are God's, and also of you are children of the Most High. But ye shall die like men and fall like one of the princes. What's he talking about? You know, Jesus says, is it not written that ye also are God's? Here is saying that I have said you are God. So, you know, what is that? And is that uh, a Mormon thing or something? I mean, it's here in the text. What's he talking about? The word God there means ruling judge. You are a ruling judge. Who is the ruling judge of your life? Is it other men? There are gods, many of them, are judging what you should do, when you should do it, and how much you should do, and how much you should not do. And those are the gods, and they have that power because you have made covenants with them, and agreements with them, and applied to them for benefits, and prayed to them, and this is giving them more and more power. And now they've become corrupted by the power you gave them. Don't blame them. What do you expect? Daniel told you what you were going to get. And you did it anyway. And now we've got preachers out there saying, oh, you need to vote and elect this guy and I like that guy. And I understand the desperation of that because you see the world going to hell in a handbasket and you think, oh, I elect this guy or elect that guy. Well, the guy that you maybe could have elected that wants to give the power back to the people, nobody wanted to elect him because you have a corrupt society that comes together for what they can get out of it. So now you find yourself floating between the devil and the deep blue sea. And this guy's digging a bigger pit. I'm going to vote for the other guy because his pit's not as deep. Well, I hope it's not as deep. It always ends up being pretty deep anyway. You do have a choice, but it's not who will rule over you in the world. It's whether you're going to live of the world or not. Your choice is, will God rule over me, or will men rule over me? Will I have my Saul's and Solomon's, my rail bones and my Nimrod's, or will I let God reign over me? Where do you begin? Where does a faithful man begin? That was their topic the other week. I mean, what is a believer actually? Where do you start? Well don't forsake the gathering together. Okay, you gather together, what are you gonna do? Well, gather together until you got ten. And then invest in those ten. That you strengthen the the poor. And you give witness to righteousness. Psalms ninety four six. They slay the widow and the stranger. And murder the fatherless. Of the abortions that go on in this country, how many are abortions of women who don't have husbands? How many of the abortions what percentage? That would be an interesting statistic. I don't have it, but I suspect that most of them are probably women who don't have husbands. Then they have men living at home, but that doesn't mean he's a husband. stranger, the stranger in our midst, the stranger in our midst is is invited to our feast, fall feast, because we're to be a witness to the stranger in our midst. We're not to be oppressing him. We're not to be forcing him to contribute to our welfare. To the widow, that's the people who really have no husband and no father, not those who, you know, some woman who can't get along with anybody. I blame most divorces on men because they're not real men, but the reality is, is there are some women who aren't really as precious as they're They could be if they repented. The fact is, is that most of our problems are connected to something we are doing wrong. Because righteousness works. In Psalms 146, Praise ye the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. Will I live? Will I praise the Lord? I will sing praise unto my God while I have any being. Put not your trust in princes, nor in the Son of Man in whom there is no help. His breath goeth forth. He returneth to his earth. In that very day, his thoughts perish. Don't put your trust in men, in the princes. That's government again. Gee, that Bible talks about government a lot. Happy is he that hath God of Jacob for his help whose hope is in the Lord, his God, which made heaven and earth and sea and all that therein is, which keepeth truth forever, which executeth judgment for the oppressed, which giveth food to the hungry. The Lord looseth the prisoners. Looseth. He loosens the bonds of the prisoners. That's because you're taking care of one another. You're forgiving one another. You're helping one another. How can you... That isn't sending a check off to the United Way. It's actually... Because you don't know what's going to happen with that. You don't know what they're going to do. with it. Oh, they do pretty good work. Well, maybe they do. But isn't You news, you're not... You can't keep track. You need to gather together where you bump each other and have to forgive, where you step on each other's toes, you need to learn to dance the dance and sing the song. They're the song that has the, the pastors and the ministers. But they're not singing that song. They're saying, you know, just believe and go and force, you know, if you need anything, go force your neighbors to contribute to your welfare by hiring men who exercise authority one over the other who are the wicked servants. The persons of the wicked, which execute the judgment for the oppressed, which give food to the hungry, the Lord loosens the prisoners. The Lord openeth the eyes of the blind. The Lord raises that are bowed down. The Lord loveth the righteous. Are you being righteous? It is not righteous to covet your neighbor's goods. You're saying, oh, we don't have to worry about that. We're second, period. No, you're not. Not unless you do it the will of the Father, and you will do it the will of the Father if you really believe, but they got you believing in an idea instead of believing in the actual God because if you believe in the actual God, you would start doing things different. Now, if you're not doing things different... Suffer the pain of realizing that you're not doing things different and turn around and start going the other way. You know, nothing worse than a guy who won't ask directions. And then when he asks directions, he won't believe. You know, we always tell people when they come out here, don't use your GPS. I mean, I've told this story many times. People get absolutely lost using GPS out here. It's not right. It's all mixed up. (laughs) I mean, we we have people that died out here. Because they used the GPS. And we had the guy almost die out here just right down the road. Because he used the GPS trying to get from one town to the next. And it took him out in the desert where he had four flat of tires. And his car broke down. And he was just out on dirt road. Just took him out there. Just said, turn here. And he turned there. And I had somebody come in here once. And I said, don't use your GPS. I told them several times, do not use your GPS. I warned them, do not use your GPS, several times. And I said, don't turn off the blacktop road, stay on the blacktop, because I knew they'd use their GPS, and I knew it tell them to turn here, and it did, and they followed the GPS, and they turned off the blacktop road, and they went out on dirt roads, and they ended up in the woods in the middle of the night. And the GPS said, I no longer have any information for this area. It took them literally out in the wilderness and dumped them <laughs> that they might perish. And that was symbolic of exactly the way they're living today. And their, their life is an absolute screwed up mess. They d- could not see They were blind to the fact. Even though they were told, God sent a messenger, told them over and over again, don't do it this way. And they said, but it works so many times. See, the systems of welfare of the world, they work a lot of the times. They're taking care of the needy pretty darn good. I'm amazed at how successful they are. They also take care of the wicked, which is why there are so many wicked people out there voting today. Or more wicked servants because it benefits them they've gathered together in their way to benefit them but it's not righteous it's covetous it's not filled with charity it's filled with uncharity the Lord preserveth the strangers he relieveth the fatherless and the widow but the way of the wicked, He turns upside down. You're back upside down again. The early Christians were accused of turning the world upside down because they were turning the world right side up. They were putting God at the head. And men as his servants, serving one another because God said to. Giving to the poor and the needy in a way that strengthens them. That's a personal thing, that you cannot do that with a giant bureaucracy. You can do that with a loving network. And that's why we created the network, so that you could start doing. So people join it like they join the email group. Okay, we join the email group. Now when are you guys going to do it for us? you got to do it. you got to build it. I'm not building it for you. You need to learn how to build. You need to learn how to bring the stones of the altar and the tabernacle together. You're the building blocks of the kingdom. Your sons are to be the cornerstones. Your daughters are supposed to be this polished marble. You're not homeschooling. That's probably not going to happen. But even if you are homeschooling, it may not happen if you are not living righteously in all the other ways that you should be living. The Lord shall reign forever and ever thy God of Zion unto all generations. Praise ye the Lord. Now, building that original congregation is important, but unless that congregational minister is bound in love with nine other congregational ministers, he has not yet arrived. He needs to be striving for that because Christ did not preach congregationalism alone. He preached a kingdom, and that's the way the kingdom works. What value is a strong right hand that is not attached to the body? Uh You need to come together. And that's why they had the feast, so that you could come together. And that's why we're doing it. And also to be a witness to the stranger in their midst. Psalms 149, verse 1. Praise ye the Lord. Sing unto the Lord a new song and his praise in congregation of the saints. That's you guys if you will become the saints and sing the song and the harmony of your society according to the ways of the Lord, which is a way of free will offerings, casting your bread upon the waters, and living by faith in righteousness, not in covetousness. Psalms one hundred forty nine eight to blind their kings with chains to bind excuse me, to bind their kings with chains and their Nobles with fetters of iron. Now I'm, I'm reading bits and pieces. You can read the whole Psalms 149, Psalms 33:3. Sing unto him a new song. Play skillfully with a loud noise. I mean, you got you got to really come in harmony in that congregation. And then teach those congregations to sing together. This song of Moses and the Song of the Lamb, this system of free will offerings that sustains a society in all calamity and hard times. There is your there is your survival kit. There is your survival book. Can you do that? Can you come together in a congregation that cares as much about its as it does the next congregation, or vice versa. Can you do that? Psalms 33.3, 3. read that. The new song. And play skillfully with a loud noise. Psalm 43. And he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God, Many shall see it, and fear, and shall trust in the Lord. Are you really trusting in the Lord, or are you trusting in the benefits of men who exercise authority one over the other? Because they're not going to save you in that day of wrath. Psalms 96.1, Oh, sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. Now, don't come together out of fear. Come together out of love of righteousness. Be at peace. Don't come together, oh, we've got to come together or, or, you know, I might be found all alone. Come together so that you do not leave others alone in their day of wrath. Psalms 98, oh sing unto the Lord a new song, for he hath done marvelous things, his right hand and his holy arm has gotten him the victory. You can't do it, but you can strive to do it, and God will do the rest. You can't just sit. You have to be occupied. You have to be a doer of the word. Will your doing make it happen? No. God will make it happen, but if you will not do with what he gives you, what talents he gives you, what money he gives you, what job he gives you, what life you are given, if you will not use that according to his way, what you have will be taken away from you as it is being taken away from you now. Remember that Psalms 144:9. I will sing a new song unto Thee, O God, upon the psaltery and the instruments of ten strings. Will I sing the praise unto Thee? Most of it is in that local congregation. But if it is in a congregation of record, where are its fellow congregations? It's not a kingdom. If your minister, again, is not gathering together, how can you be a kingdom? You can't develop a relationship with all these different people. You know, I saw an uh, interesting movie this last week. Somebody gets Netflix out here and they share the, the videos with us. So occasionally we get see season. We have no TV reception out here so that's the only time we get to see something on TV, which is not, we usually don't have enough time to do that. <laughs> but uh, it was a fair game. And it was kind of interesting. It's interesting true story about uh, somebody who was a CIA operative and was outed and how their life was all just tore apart by the news media and, and everything. And the reason they were outed is they were opposing some of the information Uh, that was they believed to be untrue. Uh, And it's all come out pretty much that it was untrue and people have gone to jail. Probably not everybody should go to jail. It looks like uh, somebody became the fall guy. But uh, the fact is, millions of people are dying because of those lies and deceptions that these people tried to expose, or at least one of them tried to expose, and the other one was just fair game, you know, in these systems of intrigue and power and conspiracy. I mean, people always say, oh, conspiracy. Conspir-. Well, there was a conspiracy. He was arrested and <laughs> tried and fined and went to jail because of the conspiracy. History is just a series of conspiracies. Yes, there are a lot of conspiracy theories that aren't true, but if you don't think that men aren't Inspiring, <laughs> naive. I and mean, do conspire. But it's very interesting. It was interesting to see the actual people involved, at least uh the, the lady who was uh, involved in this and uh uh the their decision making processes. They had these sense of righteousness. But they had a lot of misinformation and a lot of uh ideas that they had accepted, they thought was good, and, that, and they're still talking about democracy. And there was one point in there where uh, the fellow is talking to a group, and he, uh, he says that we have a republic, and yet, and then, and then they mix the republic with democracy, as if they're two in the same thing, you know, like you can be a republic and a democracy. You can be a democracy in a republic, but you cannot be a democracy in a republic. These are two different concepts. In a republic, you're free from things public. In a democracy, you're subject to the will of the mob. And he equates what he says: if you that you need to take action, whether it's a pothole on your street or a lying leader. Well, how if there's a pothole on your street in a republic, go fill it. If you're pothole is in your street in a democracy, fifty one percent of the people on the street can force the other forty nine to fill it. You see the difference? Huge difference here. In a republic your leaders are titular. Anyway, you can go listen to republic versus democracy in order to get that, but these guys, they were legitimate, had some legitimately good parts to their character of loyalty and honor. And they were constantly warring with the system in their minds and in their hearts, and it's creating a huge conflict that almost destroyed their marriage. But they're not getting the whole truth. They're accepting by faith that certain things are a good deal when they're not. And you end up doing this because of this uh, this disconnect, this this uh, cognitive dissonance, where there's this conflict in you. you, you have a sense of righteousness, but you're not completely baptized clean of these falsehoods and lies and, and ambuscade. And those of you who've listened to this enough know why I use the word ambuscade and whether that's connected to, you know, men like Patrick Henry. So go look up Ambuscade and Patrick Henry, Google that, and find out why I use that term. And then go read the CCC series on our website. But anyway, there's lots of good people out there, and there's lots of people out there with some good in them, and they need to turn themselves over to the good, like Darth Vader. You know, and Luke Skywalker kept saying, There is good still in them. No, he's more machine than man. You know, but that, that, and finally he, he saves his father by sacrificing himself. He will not turn. He will not use the dark side. He will not force righteousness. He will just only do righteousness. And even if it's killing them. And his father repented. And his father, you know, I must save you, the son says. He says, you already have, because you brought me to repentance. In order to bring him to repentance, he had to sacrifice himself. Did Anybody see the messianic message and all that? (laughs) A son sacrificed himself for, you know, in this case, uh, his father had been wicked, but there was good in him, but he repented and it all turned around. Now, there's there's a message in it. I don't want to get caught up in the special effects, but there's a message that you have to start sacrificing in order to save yourself and save your family. And you have to sacrifice for the good of others in order to be saved. You have to be that forgiving good servant. We'll be back for the culmination of today's show after these words.
3: Fight the Fight We are here to equip you because you love the truth, LibertyRadioLive.com.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, the President of the United States in 1963.
4: The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically, opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice. It is a system which has conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Its preparations are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised. No expenditure is questioned. No secret is revealed. That is why the Athenian lawmaker Solon decreed a crime for any citizen to shrink from controversy. I am asking your help in the tremendous task of informing and alerting the American people. Confident that with your help, man will be what he was born to be, free and independent.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, the president today.
3: You were both in skull and bones, the secret society. It's so secret we can't talk about. What does that mean for America? It's so sacred we can't talk about it. What does that mean for America? I've got a vision for what I want to do for the country. See, I know exactly where I want to lead. It's so sacred we can't talk about
1: it. What does that mean? Hi, for... Nicholas here. I used to lug those big jugs to the market to fill with water from those coin-operated filter machines. 25 cents a gallon or five gallons for a buck. I used to. Then I got the big Berkey. Now I saved my back and hundreds of dollars, too. I was paying $600 for the same 3,000 gallons of water that a pair of black Berkey filters will provide for my own. tap for only $99. This means that your Berkey water system will entirely pay for itself with only 1,500 gallons of use. And then you will still have 1,500 gallons left before you need to replace the filters. Do the math. Stop throwing your money away at bottled water and filter dispensers that may or may not be delivering as promised. For a limited time, First Amendment Radio is offering 10% off on the most popular Berkey water systems. Visit the shopping page at firstamendmentradio.com or call us at 559-781-3773 for more information. Leave your name and address and we'll send you this special offer. Do it now. First Amendment Radio is an authorized distributor of Berkey products.
0: welcome back. Uh, So where are your ten strings? What instrument are you playing on? Where's your congregation? You know, that's the whole point, is that the ten strings are the ten families of your congregation, and that's the instrument upon which you should be exercising your charity and your faith and your hope. And if you will not do that, then why should God save you? Because you're not being diligent. You should be under tribute. You should have to go to the Benefactor's Exercise Authority to get your ID, to get your uh, passage, to get your passports, to get your protection. And, of course, now if you go out and get a passport, according to the rules of the United States Code, you have to be willing to work at civilian work projects for free. And every one of you do. You call it employment. And you work hours every day for free. And everything you earn goes to somebody else because you're working for free. You can't get a passport unless you're willing to do that. So why are you whining about it? And you think you're going to elect somebody who's going to say, oh, no, you're have all your money back. Nobody who's going to do that is going to give you, you know, the free will offerings. This was one of the things Paul was talking to the treasurer of Corinth. You're trying to get Corinth to go to the same system that Christ said. Well, no, now you're... Your contribution will be a contribution. It will actually be a free will offering. And nobody's going to throw you in jail if you can't pay. But we're going to make note of the fact that you can't pay so that your local congregation know what kind of guy you really are. Because, you know, you're out of tune. You won't, you won't share. You won't give. You won't, you know, you're stiff. Your stream goes playing. You're not playing music. You're out of harmony. You got to get that ten family together in harmony, giving to one another, not just occasionally. Oh, well, I'll help you out, but on a regular basis. Then you may have to give a little bit in order to find the ten families, because you're you're only playing with a two-string guitar, which doesn't sound like much. You need that ten string, and you need to learn how to play it. That's what these psalms are telling you. They're telling you the way. Okay, so now you learn how to play that that stringed instrument, that guitar. Okay. Are you together with another congregation? Are you going to make an orchestra? You need more instruments. You need more congregations. And that's that's what it's all about. That's what that is what seeking the kingdom is all about. You're not just seeking to be ruled by God for yourself, but you're seeking to make it possible that others be ruled by God. You're saving the widows and orphans from having to go to the wicked servants and trust in the persons of the wicked. There's a poem written by Rudyard Kipling years ago. Don't give way to hating, and yet don't look too good nor talk too wise. If you can dream and not make dreams your master, if you can think and not make thoughts your aim, if you can meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two imposters just the same, if you can bear to hear the truth you've spoken, twisted by knaves to make a trap for fools, oh, watch the things you gave your life to broken and stoop and build them up with worn-out tools. Worn-out tools. If you can make one heap of and start again at your beginning and never breathe a word about your loss if you can force your heart and nerve and sinew to serve your turn long after they are gone and so hold on when there is nothing in you except the will which says to them hold on if you can talk with Crowds and keep your virtue, or walk with kings, nor lose the common touch, if neither foes nor loving friends can hurt you, if all men count with you, but none too much, if you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, yours is the earth and everything that's in it. And which is more? You'll be a man, my son. Can you forgive the unforgiving? Can you give to the ungiving? Can you seek righteousness amongst the unrighteous? Can you impart unrighteousness? at righteousness to the unrighteous? Or are you putting men on pedestals? Are you coming together to be served rather than to serve? Are you desiring to be forgiven without forgiving? You see the problem? The solution is Christ in the ways of Christ and Christ in us. And the fact is, it cannot get in you until you start cleaning out the corners of your house. And we have so many corners that we are filling with filth and dirt and lies and deceptions. You need to keep the commandments and stop coveting your neighbor's goods. You need to be trusting in the ways of God and casting your blood upon the waters. You need to be giving to the up your life so that you may have life more abundant. It's as simple as that. I feel so redundant a lot of times saying these same things, but we went over a lot of Bible quotes today that I haven't gone over before. But we see the same patterns over and over again. Everywhere in the Bible is constantly bringing us back to the same thing. So I'm going to constantly come back to that same thing because we're preaching the gospel of the kingdom that it's at that hand, that it was appointed, and it's up to you to figure out who is really the ministers of Christ and who is a false Christian, who is bringing in the truth and who is bringing in damnable heresy. That's up to you. That's your job. And then you need to start doing something about it and occupying it until He comes. You need to be doing these things until He can come in you. If you won't become a doer, how can he enter into you if you will not clean up your act? And the congregation is where to start that journey, even if it is a congregation of two. Hopefully two or more. Learn to play the strings, all ten, in a congregation of record. Why of record? Because it's united with other congregations who are doing the same thing. You know, when you, you hear the orchestra tuning up, you know, it sounds like chaos. All these different sounds. And you know, when you're coming to the orchestra with two string guitars, find the other strings. Tune them up. Learn to play those strings. That's what you do during the week. Be the orchestra of God. To play his song according to his ways. Don't be like the princes of the Gentiles. Be the princes of his kingdom. Walk in his ways. So, you know, the message is simple. Love one another as I have loved you. And how did he love? He loved by forgiving and, you know, one minute he's telling Peter, get ye behind me, Satan, and then the next he's upon this rock, I will build my church. Not Peter, but it's the faith that Peter exercised. We all screw up. We all make mistakes. We just don't all repent. <laughs> and you have to be a prince after God's own heart, like David, and repent. Don't be like Solomon. Don't be like Leoboam. Don't build your temples of dead stone. Build them of lively stones. Become the tabernacle of God. It's a it's a process. It's a journey. You have to take the steps. Nobody can take them for you. So we have a couple of announcements. We we are going to be on another radio station as soon as I can get all these this work done. Uh, but, uh, hopefully that will, it'll be a regular radio station that will be out there getting, uh, old recordings, uh, because it's all pre recorded shows. And if they want to hear them first, got to hear them here. That's where we're at most of the time. <laughs> and we have a few other live shows that we do. But the idea is these are outrages to get people to come together so that we become that strong network. And uh, and those real radio stations will be people who are out there driving in their cars and doing things, and they're not on the Internet, but they will have a chance to hear this message and start coming together. They'll get curious. They'll say, hey, what about doing something completely different? And they'll want to join together with other congregations. So it's up to you to start creating those congregations so that when they hear, and they call us up or they write us, they get emails. With us and say, do you have a congregation in Texas? That's last week I got. And uh, other people, Pennsylvania and California and Washington. Okay, so those people call me and they said, do you have a congregation here, near me? And I said, no, we just get on the network and... Start one. And, well, a lot of people need help with that. If you had a congregation of records already, I could say, "Yeah, go get a hold of this guy. Go get a hold of that guy. Go get a hold of these people." And we just have this big long list, and that's all I have to do. And then, then you can start plucking their strings. and Let's see, is that C sharp? Is that B flat? Whatever it is. Until you get tuned up. And then you got to learn to play the song of Moses and the song of the Lamb. And if catastrophe does happen, you'll have a network of people that are all playing that song of faith, hope, and charity. And they'll be there for you in faith and hope and charity. But if you will not come together in that congregation, I can't remember. God has made it, so I can't remember names. I don't know. I can remember stuff from way on back, but I cannot remember people's names. They just have a, a heck of a time. And if I can remember everybody's name, I'd say, oh, yeah, I met Steve over here, and I met Dave over here, and, and here's his address. I, just, I, just, I can remember page numbers, but I can't remember those things. I'm not supposed to remember. You're supposed to be the network. You come together, I don't have to, all I have to do is remember 10 guys, you know. You say Texas, I'll say the Texas guy, and you know, I can say who's the contact minister in Texas. I remember a few names down there. Get a hold of this person. Get a hold of that person. And they'll know everybody else in Texas. Or at least they'll know every, you know, they'll know 10 guys in Texas. Eventually we'll get down to a congregation near you. But if you can't even get a congregation going there, I may forget who you are. You know, people get so impatient with those people who don't do what they should be doing. It says, if you can wait and not be tired by waiting... You know, I, I see that where, you know, ministers, uh, oh, we've been working at this and, and nothing's happening and, and I'm getting tired and people just aren't coming together and I'm so frustrated so I'm going to leave. People aren't coming together, so you're leaving. You're abandoning because you, it's exhausting because people don't come together. You're getting something out of the people coming together. You're feeding on that. You need to stand alone and be willing to. To walk the long journey alone, you and God alone moving in that direction, whether there is immediate fruit or not. If you can dream and not make dreams your master, if you can think and not make thoughts your aim, you unmoor your religion from the righteousness of God and say, we are saved because we believe these ideas. You make your dreams your master. If you can meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two imposters just the same, you are not going to succeed. God is going to succeed in you. If you repent and stop, of the knowledge of good and evil, and just seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything you do, in the harmony of those other nine strings, you will be able to play the song of Moses and the song of the Lamb, and then you will be able to bring the instrument of that scene to an orchestra of the kingdom. And you will bring a. You will drown out the sour notes of those who will not come into harmony with God. I know you're following all these metaphors, but this is what the Bible is full of metaphors, but unfortunately, people worship the metaphor instead of the meaning. And only you can change that. if you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you. And you're going to have a great opportunity to do that because people are going to become absolutely afraid and terrified and they will be groping to make men their masters in order to be saved because their focus is on saving themselves. And the reality is your focus needs to be on saving others that is pure religion. Saving them by faith, hope, and charity, your sacrifices. You know, we've had, over the years, we had so many people that complain about their sacrifices. They don't want to be forced to make these sacrifices. Well, I'm not forcing you, but you will remain subject to the gods of the world, and they will continue to force you if you do not forgive and start providing the benefits of God's kingdom for somebody else besides yourself because you don't love your neighbor as yourself. Now, I know that there are complexities in uh, us that will say that there is good here, but there's also this other stuff over here, which is part of that. You know, we cast out the demon, and now you have to keep your house clean by doing the will. Otherwise demons worse than before will come in and inhabit you and overtake you and overtake the things that you do and make you do things that you would not do otherwise. So we're gonna have a festival this uh coming up this uh September here in a matter of weeks. We're getting ready. We moved the kitchen building out there, which is not really, we're not going to actually be cooking in there unless the weather turns really bad, but we're going to keep all the stuff that we'll be using. We're we're still working on improving the water situation. Uh, We may need to purchase a 1,000-gallon tank to move water around. Uh, We've got some wells operating, but we need to uh, get them more convenient so that they're available to everybody and right there in the kitchen. And uh, so we're going to be working on that this week. Uh, moving the building out there was quite a job, uh, picking this building up and loading it up. and Moving it down the road, we'll be releasing pictures of that process pretty soon. And it uh, took some teamwork, and uh, getting people to work in that teamwork is, uh, you know, nobody's beating anybody, nobody's exercising authority, but there's a flow when you're really working as a team. Where you, you have to, you know, you know, if anybody's seen people working in sports, uh, you know, passing the ball and moving about and covering the flanks and you know, it looks a little bit like chaos until you figure what's going on. But people resist any type of um uh, there's some people resist any type of moving in that flow of energy. They can't keep up. You know, they feel like, oh, somebody's going to make me do something, and they resist it. You know, because we're so afraid, we've become so paranoid that somehow or that somebody will gain control. But, see, if we're really moving for the purposes of relieving the burdens of our neighbor... If we're just interested in making sure that nobody puts a burden on us, that's the wrong spirit. We need to be moving so that we're constantly not putting the burden on others. You know, and, and that's, you know, to me, the burden is light when you do that. It constantly, this is why I was such a success with so many places that I worked, is that I went there to, I saw, okay, this is the job we want to get done, what can I do to make this job get done? Well, we relieve the burden of others, you know, you go to pick up something, you can't stand there and not help pick it up too. You know, one of the first things that we did was pick up this heavy log, uh, at one of the retreats that we had years ago. And I mean it was a heavy log, it was like an ironwood or something. And it took five, six men standing pretty close together to pick this log up. And I picked up some big, heavy pine before, but this was a lot denser wood. But when you're doing that, you could hurt somebody. If you don't work together, you don't all lift together. I carried a casket once that weighed a ton. Afterwards, uh, some of the other men that were carrying it with me, they said,
1: that was heavy.
0: (laughs) And they expect you to carry it. I mean, I know a lot of guys that could not have carried their weight on that it was heavy and it wasn't who was in it but it was the box itself I mean it put so much into some of these things for, but the fact is teamwork requires that you all lift together and that you're anxious to lift together you want to be of service you have to reach out and figure out how can I be of service every minute that is a constant prayer how do I how do I lift How do I take the burden off of the other person? Well, you have to decide. He's not in the kingdom. We don't rule over you. We're not going to say, now you have to do this. you have to do that. We have a project laid out in front of us. and You have to decide whether you want to be a part of that project. And the way to be a part is to actually reach out and put your hand to the plow. And that's what you, you, you can only learn that in viable congregations. And most of the congregations I know of are not viable. They're not full of life. They're still learning. But they can become full of life by the little doings. God will take care of the big stuff. You've got to do the little doings. Come, to, Do not forsake that coming together. And so it's really very simple. Occupy. Get busy. Do the job. Be the cogs in the wheels of Christ's machinery. Fit together according to the ways of Christ. Become those clockwork of gears. Each gear doing its own job. Each with its own talents. Each with its own abilities. And do that in a dedicated way. And live this fervent way, and then you know finance your ministers so that they can come to the retreat to meet other ministers and start forming that network that was the kingdom so then may peace be upon your house.